Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Wrestling Inc. AEW Dynamite After Show, and have we got a show for you. Orange Cassidy is fighting everybody. We've got a bunch of women's action going on, but also Sting descended from the rafters like an angel from heaven, and I almost I almost teared up, Matt. I don't know about you, but I am so pumped up after this. Uh, before we get into it, of course, I'm Jack being joined by Matt. It's a two-man power trip tonight. Matt, uh, how are you feeling today? I'm jazzed, if you haven't been able to tell. You know, I, you strike me as someone who's easily jazzed. Like, you know, people, uh, you, you're very positive, positive human being. I thought it was a very good dynamite. But I would like you, just for today, to refer to me as the uh, uh, the self-elected sheriff of the IWC. Um, that's what yes. someone called me on Twitter. And it kind of caught on. So, um you know, just on the introductions, you don't have to say a sheriff again, but, you know, that's what I'm known as now, the unelected sheriff of the internet wrestling community. I will take it. I like that. That should. I think you should stick with that. That's a good name. Uh, old gunslinger. I, yeah, I think I'm going I, with it. Um, but I, uh, you know, you're right. I do get pretty easy excited. I've been told I'm one of the best people to go see a wrestling show with because I just get absolutely pumped about everything. A good pal of mine, Adnan Qureshi, who does ring announcing here in Southern California, we went to see a Ring of Honor show and I was losing my mind for Commander. And he was like, Jack, you're more excited than anyone's ever been for Commander. And I was like, this is incredible. But, you know, I'm not like that, but I respect that. And I see that in you. Like, that's something you should never lose. Never lose yeah. that. Like, never lose that. I have that about some things, you know, but uh, those moments where you can just be blissfully joyful and and not worry about what people think about it. Uh, that's the best part of life. So never lose that. That's a, that's what makes you good at what you do. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I do. Uh, I do try to keep it as much as I can with wrestling, especially because um, 
it's easy to get jaded, I think. Um, I have a question for you, though. This isn't on the rundown, but I just, as we're talking about things we love, uh, it kind of a, a, um, uh, a just clicked for me. And I'm curious. And this isn't an AEW thing, but it's a Randy Orton thing. Uh, I saw a news article about him a little bit ago about how he wanted to get uh, new entrance music. And I, I think to myself, his current entrance music doesn't really fit the character, kind of outdated, not what he likes. But at the same time, that is his music. Now, Matt, you're a music guy. Just your opinion as we wait for everyone to settle in and find their seats. Should Randy Orton change his music if he wants new music? Or, look, you're stuck, man. This is who you are. This is your theme. Well, I am a music guy. You know, um, uh, Deanna Perrazzo until recently used my theme song. Steve Macklin uses a theme song I did. FTR, when they first arrived in AEW, used one of my theme songs for uh, a year and a half or two. And um, and everybody likes the new one better, so whatever. But it's, <laughs> it's you know it it hurts a little bit, but it's true. Um, but from that standpoint, could Randy Orton use an updated theme? Yes, but is the people they have there now the right people to do it? Probably not. You know, Def Rebel, mm-hmm. which is a collective of like you know three or four people um, who does their music now, uh, has got a lot of criticism for having you know. A lot of similar sounding themes, a lot of themes that don't jump out at you. I don't think you can get better uh, right now than um, the Jim Johnston uh, classic. And when I interviewed when I interviewed Jim, uh, uh, he was so proud of those lyrics. He was so proud of that first verse, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, it's iconic. I think it's got to stay unless they get something really good. And CFOs aren't there anymore, so I don't think they will. CFO was so good. Love it. Uh, Love them. Every song. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, the the theme 100%, I feel like is out of date. But at the same time, he's at it for so long. And it's so iconic. I think changing it would just feel like, I don't know how much WCW used to watch, but when they had Goldberg come out to the Megadeth song for a little bit, and it was like, this is a cool song, but this isn't Goldberg's song. It can go both ways, right? Because Sting also during that era came out to Seek and Destroy by Metallica, and that yes. totally worked. Yes. Well, yeah, that's that song slapped. That's a good. But yeah, you you have a lot of fun credits uh, to your name for entrance themes. So um, hopefully you get to put some more stuff up there on national television soon. Uh, I but, hope so, because yeah. let me tell you, AEW does someone right, like financially. It, it, it's an amazing thing. So I'd love for Tony Khan to let me get like six songs and then I could just like move to New Orleans and just like party all day. That'd be great. Dude, New Orleans is the place, man. That's, that's, my, my, that's I, my place, man. I love uh, it. My favorite trip I've ever been on was New Orleans. It's so, so fun there, um, especially for music people. I mean, God. Anyways, well, I digress. Um, we got a fun show for you tonight. And I promise we're going to get into the AEW stuff because, again, I'm I'm riding high right now off the way that show ended. Uh, but we do have some sort of sad news to get into that I want to make sure we address. Uh, uh, it's been reported that uh, Michael Jones, better known as Virgil to most wrestling fans, passed away. Uh, seemed he was suffering from a lot of different health issues. Uh, very sad to hear about anyone passing, especially someone passing as young as he was, Matt. Uh, but someone who I think for a lot of different generations or someone who really like sticks out as a character that we'll all remember. 
You know, uh, Virgil has had quite a uh, post-wrestling career. And among wrestling circles, like, you know, wrestlers and wrestling fans who go to a lot of shows, it's like he's got some legendary stories, you know, with my kid. Uh, we had a rule: just don't make a, don't make eye contact. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that was our rule because he'd be on it. But um, the 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 turn that he did on Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase was a result of a very patient and very long time thing, and that turn was amazing. Maybe Virgil didn't have the goods to carry it through the you know uh, where he became a full time character, but a big time part of everybody's childhood. Uh, un forgettable um truest to his true self to the very end and he will be missed and everybody's got a virgil story so uh that's a great thing to say about somebody uh obviously the legend of him and ted dibiase is probably how he'll be remembered forever but i've said on this show and probably talked about it, i was a huge late period wcw guy just that that was my my bread and butter as a wrestling fan and so i've always fondly remembered him as vincent uh as the nwo guy that would come out and always be out there and always take the fall be the slip on the banana peel guy and uh just so good in that role and i think that in wrestling sometimes we take for granted that role the the person that is out there to help enhance everybody else and he did that so well it's and it's unfortunately he didn't get enough of the spotlight i think that maybe he deserves but at the end of the day like we said he's still such a part i think of of wrestling lore and wrestling culture and when you tell the story of pro wrestling you've got to throw virgil in there because he was such a big part of it um so yeah everyone in the chat if you have any personal stories or memories or anything like that of, of uh virgil or as i called him vincent i'm one of the few people that always called him vincent because i was an nwo guy too sweet uh let us know but also the uh <laughs> you're hilarious that's great yeah um we also have some other kind of disappointing news that that spread around and it's a video of maxine dupree uh, at a house show and uh she's not getting a good reaction uh after her match um it's a lot of people booing her and giving her a hard time she is a good sport about it holds her hand you know does the the um alpha academy two fingers up uh but really given a hard time here and Rhea Ripley uh, actually came to her support and said I really wish that some of you got booed and ridiculed in the public eye while being new at your job learning and getting better is all part of being human be better as humans I I'd like your thought on this I'm you know I'm of two minds on this part of me is very much like uh oh it looks like we lost Matt I'm sure Matt will be back here in a second so I'll just uh fill the time uh part of me is very much as wrestling fans we're allowed to uh oh good came back so matt i, I don't know yes. where we cut off at uh we started talking about uh, uh maxine dupree and i have to say they're doing internet cable work in my neighborhood and they sent me like five texts today supposed to be over but my wi-fi went out so i apologize how dare you how dare you I know it's still out on your yeah. wi-fi going off the no, but, spot. um but uh, no worries. So basically what I was saying is I'm two minds of this this Maxine Dupree thing. Uh, everyone booing her and giving her a hard time. And of course, people coming to her support. And I think it's great that people are there to support her. But I, I kind of have two minds of it. On one hand, I think in wrestling, you're supposed to get to boo the people you like and, and cheer the people or boo the people you hate, cheer the people you like. And that's kind of 
part of the deal is that you're supposed to get to get to react. Now, I think I say two minds because I also think there's a level of respect you need to have for people. I think you need to remember these are real people and and be respectful. But on the other hand, I'm like, if people are booing, that's kind of their prerogative. That's how it works, uh, Matt. What are what are your thoughts on the way the world has responded to this clip of Maxine Dupree? Uh, I'm of a couple of minds. Uh, one is, I think it's a little condescending, you know, um, on the one hand, um, you know, uh, it can, can come across like that to say this poor wrestler, this poor wrestler, mm -hmm. uh, just because maybe she's a female. But I draw the line a little bit differently than that. Uh, as far as wrestling, wrestlers can get booed. They can get cheered. That's their job. That's how you make money. However, if you're booing the real person, that's where you draw the line. Now, what were they booing? She's a good guy. She's with Chad Gable, and she does not, in their mind, wrestle well. Mm -hmm. That sounds like the real person. That doesn't sound like, Maxine Dupree, you hit Cody Rhodes with a car. I hate you, blah, blah, blah. It's right. more, you suck at your job. You're bad, and I really believe that. And I'm going to be so loud letting you know. So I, I kind of get the you know what a lot of people get from it which you're like dude that's too far but it's hard to put into words but those are the words i put it i think when you're booing or cheering the real human being it's a little bit different 100 agree on that I, I always say we have to remember that these are characters you know and i know sometimes we blur the line a little bit obviously that's the magic of pro wrestling but uh one never give someone a never ask for someone to lose their job or to be, I would say never root for someone to lose their job or to get paid less or to not be utilized or to not have opportunities, um, especially if they're trying their best and doing their best. Uh, so I think that's a good place to draw the line is, are you booing the individual or are you booing the character? Yeah, um, I never wanted to be one of the people that said this wrestler sucks. That wrestler sucks. Um, they're bad at their job They're They need to get fired. You know, um, if you see me on Twitter or here saying a wrestler sucks, I guarantee it's because I don't like them personally. Like, it's the <laughs> only possible reason. That's it. That's it. I never I never say that because you're that you're talking about the real person and you're talking about, you know, their job and their livelihood. And and Maxine Dupree was brought up prematurely for a reason and was left up prematurely for a reason. And that's not an insult. It's literally directed to her experience. So you know, let maybe we could be a little better people. Uh, yeah, I think, and again, at the end of the day, too, I think even if you don't like someone, there's also a level of respect. Like I said, as, as a human being of, of how you treat somebody. Um, but I don't think booing someone for the sake of, you know, not liking them or whatever, I think I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing if, if that's how you feel. Um, because that's, that's what we're supposed to do. It'd be much worse if we were quiet. Um, but Rhea Ripley makes a good point. I think there's a lot of people who say a lot of really harsh things about people who have never put themselves out there and had to have someone respond to them. Um, you know, I know, uh, obviously, even doing this, you and I, we put our faces out there and we get some pretty mean things said about us sometimes. Uh, that feels a little personal for some reason, but that's that is part of the gig, but also it shouldn't have to be. It, it takes it takes some getting used to. I'll tell you that much. You know, it you first start doing does. this first couple times, you're just like, who am I going to beat up? And then, you know, after a while, you're just like, you know, like, you know, Dax is someone I talked to about this, Dax Harwood. And I've told him so many times, Twitter doesn't matter, dude. 
It doesn't matter. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because it, when someone's threatening your child or something or all kinds of stuff that is on Twitter or social media because you put yourself out there, it's a tough world. These wrestlers see it every day. Every wrestler sees something awful about themselves every day. So maybe think about it before you do. Yeah. Uh, Majestic Maria with a quote here says, I booed Brian Danielson today because he beat my favorite. I actually think he's one of the greatest. I agree with Matt. Don't boo and wish actual harm on the real person. Uh, absolutely uh, agree with that. Um, before we get into the show, as always, Matt, you know, I like to thank everyone who's here. I like to say, leave a five-star review, uh, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And of course, everyone who's in the chat, whether it be I Am Error, uh, who's always in the chat before the show starts, then not in the chat once the show starts. I don't know if you're lurking or if you took off, but I appreciate you hanging out early on. Uh, Dylan, we got uh, Sinister, we got Killer of Demons, Laura Rock, Papito, uh, Papita, I should say. I apologize. Ethan Cruz, Corey Pride, Leo Bowden, uh, Stephen Camp, uh, Majestic Marie, Wayne Fernando, uh, Angie, Stephen, Carman, uh, Sonny, Gil, Barry, and uh, everyone else. Appreciate you all being here. Uh, Gil saying, I am a lurker. Of course, shout out to all the lurkers, folks. If you're one of those people who hang out and then don't say anything the whole show, but just watch, that's appreciated too. We always appreciate you. Um, but we do let's... like to talk to y'all. So, you know, like we, you know, we don't get paid based on the super chats, but if you do the super chats, we'll definitely talk to you. So make sure to interact mm -hmm. or throw up a regular chat and we'll try to interact. But you know, we, we definitely want to interact with you guys some more. So go ahead and say some stuff. Yeah. Say some stuff. And, uh, I always try to, uh, I try to like utilize Twitter a bit more for this as well. So if you tweet me during the show about something that caught your attention, I try to pull that as well. And also I try to be better about hopping in those YouTube comments and responding. Um, I have followed it, suit. I have followed suit because you set the example. Oh. I brought in there and said, thank you. Once in a while, Jack Farmer, I'll hit that little thumbs up on somebody's comment. That's right. I go the, full effort. That's the, that's the gold standard of effort in YouTube comments. I'm going to say this, though. If you're a jerk, I'm just not going to respond to you, by the way. If you say something that's jerky, I'm just going to ignore you. So save your, save your breath. I'm pretty good at ignoring people. Um, uh, Mr. 412 says, uh, Jack, I'm so glad that there are new episodes of United Wrestling Network. For me, it's WWE number one, United Wrestling Network number two, and TNA number three. Uh, Mr. 412, thank you so much. For those of you who don't know, United Wrestling Network Championship Wrestling is a uh, company that I get to work for. I do some of their broadcasts and stuff there. I've been doing some of their news desk stuff. It's really fun. And uh, they broadcast all over the country. Uh, you check your local listings. It's a, it's a fun show. We've got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Who's the champion over there at UWN? Uh, Danny Limelight is currently the okay. world champion, has has had some pretty cool matches, had a match with Eddie Kingston, who we're going to talk about later, uh, earlier, last year, I guess now. Um, but uh, been doing a good job. Took the title to Puerto Rico, defended it there, been doing all sorts of fun stuff with it. So uh, definitely recommend checking it out. If you don't know where to find it, just go to my uh, my social media, at Real Jack Farmer. Uh, let's, uh, let's chat about the start of this show. I feel like we started off pretty, pretty hot tonight. Uh, Adam Page comes out on a crutch, talks about how AEW has always been a goal for him. Uh, but now on, he had the chance to be the champion, but now he's going to be unable to compete at Revolution. Swerve comes out, 
gives him a couple of flowers for who he is and what he's done uh, before he says it's his destiny to be champion. So then Samoa Joe comes out and gives him a couple of flowers before serving them both up some smack talk. Then uh, after Swerve just gives an impassioned retort, Adam Page reveals it was a fake injury and he attacks Swerve from behind. Uh, Matt, I thought this was just a phenomenal go-home segment of getting us with the Adam Page thing and um, and Swerve with a, a very emotional response. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? I am glad that you liked it, Jack Farmer. Um, I thought it was good, you know. I think, you know, the whole point is to make sure we know Hangman's a bad guy. And also, let's shine a little bit light of light on the good side of Swerve, right? But are you trying to tell me that, I mean, that that's the most efficient way of hitting those two guys with a crutch? Because that was a very big plan to hit those two guys with a crutch. Like, you could get them in catering. You, we all know we, you work together. That was a very intricate plan just for that one purpose. So I don't know how compelling it is from a storyline standpoint, um, but it is from a uh, character, you know, um, us being sure of where the characters are. So this is where uh, internet reporting has sort of, I think it really hurt this segment because everyone went into or ended AEW thinking that Paige may have actually been hurt. And I think if, we didn't dig into that and we didn't figure out that he was actually okay, that this would have hit a lot harder. I think a lot of people would have thought that this really mattered a lot more. And um, I know a lot of people like to throw, you know, the dirt sheets under the bus and they ask what they're, you know, what are they doing? I don't think they knew they were going to step all over a story in this uh, when they reported it, but it did step all over the story. I think it did really hurt this segment, even in, even before I knew what was going to happen, it felt like the beginning of it was hurt knowing that he was okay. Um, I should say, though, I felt he delivered the promo very well. I thought Paige did a great job delivering the promo, and I thought it was great that the fans were silent while he was talking. Like They were definitely bought in hook, line, and sinker. Uh, I would ask you a question. It might be a, a spicy question. I don't know. Are you a fan of Hangman Adam Page? I do like Hangman Adam Page. I think he's he has got a lot of potential, natural charisma, natural um, ability, and putting it together. I think he's been horribly miscast many times, and also his characters had inconsistent um, inconsistent character shifts and inconsistent motivations, so uh, it's hard to get in. It's, that's the reason he hasn't broken out as a full-time big star. Like, if, if you look at where... Adam Page was five years ago, and you and you asked him five years ago, where do you think he'll be five years from now? I don't think he'd think he'd be here. I think he'd think he'd be a bigger star, and I think that's almost all due to the booking and almost all due to the, the character shifts. I think they don't know what they have with him, and I think they don't know what to do with him, and I think this was another example of that. I do think that, he's been the victim of some bad timing, I think in a lot of things, I think that, cause I think he could be a, a massive star. I think he's got one of those. He's just got that likability factor. I agree. He's, I think he could be a huge, huge star. I think that he's, and I think that he showed that as he became champion and as champion, but then of course, um, and I'm not trying to pick sides cause obviously there's a lot of drama that came with this, but obviously 
taking all that out, CM Punk shows up. So CM Punk is a, he is a huge star. So he obviously is going to take some time. And I think that that sort of put Paige on the back burner. And from there, again, let's take all the, the drama and stuff out of it. Paige was in a place where he didn't really know where he fit in. And I think he's was finally starting to fit in again and get back in that role. But we didn't see Samoa Joe and Swerve Strickland coming as hot as they are. And so now he's back in that, like, well, I was just getting ready for this. Now I, I don't fit in that role anymore. Now I got to find a different spot. Right. It's just been a lot of like, man, the timing just feels like it's just not working out for him. Yes and no, because uh, while you're saying, you know, Swerve and Joe, no one saw that coming. Uh, Hangman Page isn't a static entity. You know, he's not just flatline the whole time. He, as a as a as a performer and AEW's creative has the same potential and the ability to tap into what he's good at, to tap into what the fans love about him. He's got fans that will always be his fans. So whenever you got someone like that, you know there's something there. There's a charisma there. There's a likability there. There's a genuineness there. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, this just having him go against Swerve, I don't think was the best thing for him uh, uh, because he, he, his character couldn't stand up to it. Well, I think that's one of the places where I say I feel like it was bad timing because I don't think if you were writing the Swerve versus Page storyline and you were looking at this booking, I don't think in the beginning you would say to yourself, well, obviously everyone's going to love Swerve at the end of this, but that's what happened. And may, to your point, maybe it's Page's and fault. Maybe maybe Swerve is just such a force. Cause I think Swerve's an absolute superstar as well. Maybe it was just one of those like, I don't know what we do here. Like, this is kind of what happened. Um, I'm wrong about a lot of stuff, but this was something I did say. I did say it on shows, and I did uh, tweet it for sure, where I thought this hate with the minute they got together, I said, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. One of these guys is going to really suffer because they both should be in that same position that Swerve was put in. They both should be in that position to move up. They both were in the same kind of place in their careers. And for me, um, I, I just, I, th I thought it was going to be Swerve, and it certainly was because these two guys, uh, I wouldn't have put the feud together at all, quite honestly. You know, um, I, I like how the feud looks on paper. These feel like like rivals. Fernando says, this gives me Brett versus Austin vibes. I think uh, one of the differences I personally see from it, though, is... Um, I can't bring myself to dislike Paige. Like even when he's doing his bad guy stuff, there's this part of me that's like, I like, you know, like I, I still like him. I don't actually, I don't hate the character. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just like, Oh, he's doing a good job of being a bad guy as opposed to, I hate this guy. He's just too likable. I just like him too much. Uh, 2014, uh, my uh, 2018, sorry. My 14 uh, year old son and in Starcast were backstage in uh, late at night because I'm going to be playing guitar with Papa Buck for the Elite, right? And so yeah. Hangman Page is just sitting there. And Hangman Page is walking around barefoot because on the being the Elite, he murdered Joey Ryan, and the proof was the blood on the boots. But he's walking around the whole time barefoot even there, so he's back there. My 14-year-old son goes up to me, he's like, hey, man, where are your, where are your boots? Hangman goes, oh, man, I don't have any boots. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. The fact he took that moment for my kid was hilarious. So uh, he's very likable. Um, 
So, but, but last thing on this, I, I do want to go. First off, Joe's always amazing. I feel like we take him for granted. Just every time he's out there, he's great. I want to talk a little bit about Swerve, though, before we move on here. And the passion in this promo, and, and this was, I feel like AEW's been so much better at lately. And I don't know if it's just a coincidence or if they're tapping into something or someone backstage is helping out, but it feels like so much of these, so many of these promos, just there's like an emotion to them like now that there wasn't before. And Swerve felt more emotional here as opposed to, Hey, I have these great lines or whatever. Like he, I, he was emoting at a different level. And I think this is one of his better promos. Uh, tell me a bit about the, your take on the emotional side of the promos we've seen from AEW lately. I would say when we're talking about Swerve, we're talking about a guy who has been undeniable. This has not been the result of AW booking. This has not been the result. I said that really spitefully. I didn't mean to say that. Like, this has not yeah. been the result of AW booking. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean here. Uh, uh, this is the result of a guy who has stepped up in every moment possible, in every possible way. Every possible way when you say, okay, you gotta you gotta cut a baby, you gotta cut a cut a, cut a baby, you gotta cut a promo on a well, baby. Well he almost did. <laughs> yeah, you gotta cut a promo on a baby. He's like, all right. You gotta cut this guy's fingers off with the pliers. All right. You know, and every situation he rose to. This is just another situation that Swerve was like, okay, you get some you get some mic time. You know, maybe he was just trying to show some emotion. Maybe he said, show him the good side. I don't know, but I know that he's had some promo time and he destroyed. He's undeniable. You might even say he might do better with some better booking because I think he is undeniable and could be that word that we, I never say game changer for if, if booked right. Uh, yeah, I, I feel fortunate. I feel like I had a, a little head start on Swerve because um, I'm tied closely to a company called Defy in the Northwest, and he was a focal point of that company for a Absolutely. long time. Absolutely. Um, and so I got the privilege to see him very early on. And then, of course, I was a big Lucha Underground fan. And I was, a, and so when he got signed to NXT, I was like, this guy's special. This guy's going to be special. It got you know That was what it was. Came to AEW. I was like, this is his chance. He could be special. Here he is. He, I still believe he could be special. I always say there are certain people that you just you can't find on the street, is what I always say. Like, there are certain people that are like, oh yeah, this guy's like big and can wrestle. Well, you can find a big person and teach him how to wrestle. That you can find that on the street. You can't find a swerve. Swerve is a one of a kind, and whoever has him is the only one that has him. And it's it's just special. Um, and it's it's yeah. great to see because like you. I'm a longtime Shane Strickland fan, and 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 I remember seeing him wrestle against Loki at WrestleCon. That might have been the first time I saw him wrestle, and it, I'm just, who's this guy? And then we were at his last indie match where he gave a speech and he said, "I'm going to NXT." And we were we'd wrestle. My son and I had seen him wrestle so much we were happy for him. But mm -hmm. here's what's important to remember: when he arrived, he got the same promo time everybody gets when they arrived. But he did some stuff that let us see he was special, and we mm -hmm. see it every time now. Uh, last thing on this, because we, this is the go-home show, are you sold on this match? Are you excited for the three-way between these guys for the title? Not especially, um, but I, because I would have preferred a focused one-on-one -on -one feud. A focused one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one feud between Swerve and Joe. Figure that out. Give Hangman something to do, because Hangman just lost the feud, so no one's really looking for him to come up and, and do that. Uh, but again, with AEW... Uh, it's going to be a good match, so hell yeah. And uh, I just decided 
uh, what yesterday that my son and I, because uh, my son could go, we're going to Revolution. So we're going to oh, go sweet. and we're going to go uh, check it out. And um, that's a match I'm not upset about seeing. That'll be fun. It'll, that'll be a good match. Yeah. My only take, my only bummer about it is I want them both to win. I, I or I want all three of them to win. I don't want any of them to walk away as losers. So I bet you have that problem a lot, Jack. I do have that problem a lot. <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm pretty good at like, yeah, like, this is who I like. This is who I want to win. Uh, but th- I don't want any of these guys to take the loss, and I want them all to be champions. So, um, now this one, this is a match. This next one, I thought was a little bit easier for me to uh, to call. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus FTR and Eddie Kingston. Um, a video happens of. Uh, Brian Danielson being a jerk on collision six man match goes six man tag match goes pretty long two picture and picture breaks, which grinds my gears, Matt. That's a whole other story, but we got two of them during this one. Uh, it's, it's uh, kind of embodies the go home show. Lots of people in the match kind of situation ends with Danielson choking out Kingston and not releasing the hold uh, Matt. FTR and Kingston, they have to win at Revolution, right? Or they, or this just looks bad for them. It already does look bad. You know, like they lost the uh, uh, Dax lost the match, the solo match, and in the FTR's specialty, they went to a draw, and then now they have a three on three, which they soundly lost. So, you know, I guess if they just beat the hell out of them, I guess that could be cool. My issue is, like, I'm not really compelled by the story. The story is uh, it, BCC was in the ring and said, hey, we're tough. If you think you're tough, come fight us. And it was on collision, so FTR happened to be there. They come out. They start fighting. That's basically where this came out of. And then, again, the unfocused and inconsistent booking of the company's most beloved, respected star, Daniel Bryan, is mystifying mystifying why wouldn't you have the belt on him and and have him like be the standard bear because no one's more beloved no one has shown him more of an ability to break through uh he's the guy you know and they're just like well he'll be a bad guy again this week good guy again next week kind of bad this week or whatever it's just a waste of resources I do think that them being a team, the Blackpool Combat Club, slows down a lot of what they could do in that situation. Because I agree. I think that Brian Danielson should be in that world title picture, uh, perennially in that world title picture. Just whether he's got the title, whether he's hunting the title, or whether we're like, he's probably going to get a title shot soon, should always be in that main event conversation. Um, And so I agree with you. I do think that he should be utilized a lot more. uh, And... I think with like like uh, Moxley, I understand why he needs to take a step back because he was sort of in that role a bit longer than maybe they wanted him to be. Um, so I just, I just he, feel as, he, yeah, he's still a big star though. Like yeah, and then Claudio's wings have been clipped by being associated with two bigger stars, and they're two stars that could absolutely stand on their own. Uh, mm-hmm. The Blackpool Combat Club has absolutely been a negative for AEW. Um, uh, just by putting those resources together, in my opinion. Um, I, I think almost in no other situation could you have less impact with those guys and putting them together. Well, it's just, it's it's overpowered, I think. It's it's an overpowered group. And it, it, you know, it's like the Avengers taking on a street gang. Like, it's not, it's too, it's too one-sided. There's no group in but AEW. They don't, and they don't win like that, though. Like, it's not like... They're presented like that, like in the ring, like they're just rolling over people, in which case it would be cool. 
yeah, it's well, and even then it's it's been a bit long now. Like I feel like we okay, this is this has been going for a while. I don't really know what else there is for them to accomplish that would make me feel like, oh, this is great that they were able to do this because they've had the world championship before. I, I I believe they've had the tag team championships at some point. Uh, I think they had the six man tag team champions at some point. Um, but they've had multiple championships. There's just not really much for them where I'd be like, oh, that's a really cool thing that they were able to accomplish. And even if they did, because they're so overpowered, it wouldn't really feel like, oh, what a great accomplishment. It'd feel like, oh yeah, the the varsity team just beat up the JV team. What a big, what a, what 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 a big deal. Right, um, right. Unless you're to, be, to present the other team like a varsity team too, which is what AEW always tries to do, but. It looks like um, they don't uh, do that a lot. But I will say, the match was really good. Uh, everybody in the match is really good. They all try to have really respectful, good matches with each other, and they do. And uh, wrestling at its best, for sure. Yeah, Majestic Marie says, as the biggest Eddie Kingston fan on the planet and FTR also hold a very special place in my heart. I was emotional, obviously. This match was so much fun. Uh, it was very fun, again, besides the two commercial breaks. But... Um, I do, uh, I, I gotta say one, this crowd loves Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston. I mean, I, I know this is something that is sort of like, it's, it's a lukewarm take. They sh Eddie Kingston should be on TV more and Eddie Kingston should be having bigger matches. I was thinking to myself, I would love to see him have like a rivalry with like house of black and like other names that maybe are great, but we're not seeing them a lot, but I'm thinking Eddie Kingston versus Brody King, Eddie Kingston versus, uh, Buddy Matthews, Eddie Kingston versus uh, Malachi Black, all of those just like pop to me. I'd love to see any one of those things. Um, and the style would be so cool because you know they'd be all mystery, like this is the House of Black. Be like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> It'd be great. I'd love it. But I just I feel like I want to see him mix it up more. And I feel like he's also been stuck in the Blackpool Combat Club web for a little too long, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Eddie, man, uh, it's, it's a lot like Cody Rhodes in that people are rooting for the real story. You know, uh, Eddie Kingston, I saw July 4th, 2020. Was that it? 20? That sounds right. To that, yeah, maybe. It was during the during the pandemic. We, I saw him in the middle of a field uh, in a ring lit up by lights in a ring surrounded by chains instead of ropes. There's probably 50 people there. And that's when Eddie Kingston cut his promo. I just happened to be there. And Eddie cut the promo on Cody Rhodes and cut it on a couple other people. He had sold his wrestling boots mm -hmm. to, to live because he lost all his overseas bookings. And then, what, three weeks later, he's on Dynamite. And then he shows he deserves it every time. He works hard. He connects with the fans. Again, another guy they just don't know what to do with 100%. They're not maximizing his, uh, his goodwill. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely love to see more of him. And uh, last thing on this, I know we're, we're already getting a little long, but uh, FTR, uh, I know they hold a special place in your heart as well. So I just want to say that something about them and the way that they always try to be the best tag team ever makes me believe that they are the best tag team ever. And anytime they have a tag team match, I feel like it's for more than the titles. It's for being the best tag team ever. And I think that's just a special thing about those guys. You know, um, this is going to sound like a sound, sound like a side note, but I like uh, Jimmy Page, the guitar player for Zeppelin, and Eric Clapton, uh, mm -hmm. both very good guitar players, and in the seventies and the you know sixties, and then towards the eighties, like Jimmy Page just stopped getting better. He just he just decided he's Jimmy Page, 
Eric Clapton, though, kept getting better and better and better. And his soloing, his playing, his technique, everything just kept getting better and better. And that's why FTR is what they are, because they keep getting better. They keep improving. They keep trying to be the best in the world by changing it up, staying true to themselves, but always looking for a way to do it, always looking to earn that mantle. They're not the stopping developing. They're better than they've ever been, and um, that's why they come across like that. Um, Will Ospreay comes out, and he reminds us of who he is and what he's done in AEW specifically. Don Callis explains the reasoning for setting up the fight. Uh, we get some tension between Osprey and Takeshita as everyone parts. Um, this was one of the stories, and this was the matches going into Revolution. That Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was least excited about because I just didn't get it. I didn't really care. And while I don't think this was the most Shakespearean uh, 
promo I've ever seen in my life. Do you get I, it now? <laughs> I, I, well, I at at the very least, what I like about this is one, they they did a great job reminding us who Osprey is and why he's incredible in AEW, which we faulted AEW before, so I want to make sure I give them their credit for this one. Uh, but also, I know who the bad guy is. I know who the good guy is. And I feel like for what we had going into it before this episode, that is a huge jump from where we were at the beginning, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Osprey is special. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been special from the very first time I saw him wrestle. It was a long time ago, maybe 2015. His first American match, my son and I watched him. We're like, what is this guy? <laughs> you know? And then yeah. you see the uh, the Ricochet match. They got all the attention. And I was like, I mean, everybody's tried to copy it since. No one's touched it. You know, those guys mm -hmm. are just. And then he starts developing his character. He's this supernatural guy who has now developed a character. And um, they need to be careful of making sure he's always presented like a big deal because mm -hmm. he's a big deal. Like his couple times at AEW, he wasn't really a big deal. It was like, oh, crap, William Osprey's here. Okay, cool. What? And now he's a big deal. So hopefully this callous thing <laughs> helps him. Uh, the callous thing hasn't helped a lot of people. Um, but uh, Osprey's special. And so I'm glad they're treating him like that. I hope they do the same and more for Okada and Mercedes. Now, I got to I got to disagree a little bit here cuz Osprey he listed off his accomplishments. I mean, he beat Kenny Omega, he beat Jericho at, at Wembley. I mean, he's he's had some pretty big wins and some pretty big matches in AEW. Yeah, so he's having a wrestling exhibition with his stablemate as a you know what I'm saying? Like I don't you know understand yeah. it. I don't get it and I don't find it compelling. Like I think wrestling is at its best when people care who wins and loses, when they're invested in the outcome, whatever it is, you know, they're invested, you know, they want Osprey to win, but they don't want to catch to lose. They don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, because Don Callis wins either way. So I think maybe more could have been done. Well, I do agree. The setup is wonky. Not a fan of the setup. Um, I do feel like we'll get some shenanigans afterwards that leads to a story. No. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't like the setup. Don't like the setup. I feel like that's weird. I just do like that now I feel like I know who the good guy is, who the bad guy is, and there is some tension as opposed to what I thought it was going to be, which is we see Osprey for the first time at Revolution and just go, okay, here we go. Um, but you're right. Osprey is a star. Osprey, like AEW, they have a... Uh, we we give we give WWE a lot of credit and deservedly so for having a stacked roster. AEW if they play their cards right, they can have a murderer's row of top-tier talent. When you do look at the Brian Danielsons, the Ospreys, the Swerves, the Samoa Joes, the Moxleys, and everybody else, it's absolutely... Uh, they they could have a very stacked top of the card. Entirely up to them. And, and to an extent, the performers. If you look at uh, Drew McIntyre, what WWE has done with Drew McIntyre has been proof what you can do with somebody, what, how you can uh, maybe even, you know, redeem an image a little bit and uh, bolster someone's star power. Man, AEW's got guys you can do that with all day long. They, they're there. The story's there to be told. But you got to do it. You got to do the work, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you look at Jay Uso and what he's done. Uh, that's a lot of booking, a lot of booking. And I think uh, AEW just really needs to kind of be really creative in that way. 
So this is the uh, segment that it really encapsulates a lot of uh, the people who I think should be ending the shows recently. Now, I think they ended this episode perfectly. But uh, we got Nick Wayne versus Orange Cassidy for the international title. Uh, Christian tries to help Nick Wayne. Uh, he gets ejected. Fight continues until the kingdom comes out and tries to distract Orange Cassidy. Best friends come out and chase him off. Daniel Garcia distracts Wayne, allowing Orange Cassidy to get the win. Post-match, Roderick Strong attacks Orange Cassidy. This is a... If this was any other episode, I'd be like, this is just a mess. I'm not into it. But because it was a go-home episode, and that they go-home episodes lend themselves to a bunch of folks coming out and being a part of small things so we can they can get their stuff in. I was okay with it. A few logical things that kind of bugged me, but for the most part, I'm a huge Nick Wayne fan, so I liked seeing him get time. And also... Uh, Again, it kind of reminded us of all the stories going into Revolution. Uh, Nick Wayne is so young, and I've watched him wrestle for a while now, uh, since he was probably 16. Uh, you know, he's just great. Um, uh, I thought, what I think about this is that, sorry, it was like I was going to fake it, and I remembered what I was going to say. And so <laughs> um, I was like, oh, yeah. So I think what we've seen is like A.W. kind of thinking the kingdom thing ain't working. And they're just focusing the entire kingdom now <laughs> on Orange mm -hmm. Cassidy. Instead of each faction having a little goal, I haven't heard MJM, FJF's uh, name out of anybody's mouth, which is what they should be doing. It's talking about MJF a whole bunch. But it seems to me they know, and they're putting everything on this Orange Cassidy thing. Maybe Roddy gets the win, and they limp along. But maybe we can all hope that Roddy loses, and the devil goes away forever. I would 100% be okay, even if Roddy wins, if they just, like I said, sort of stopped interacting and this, like, like Wardlow the other week, just, like just people drift apart. People drift he apart. Just, he just, just Wardlow just comes apart. out there, talked about his own thing, and, and went home. Uh, you know, it, the kingdom. Maybe they just start doing their own thing. You know, and I, I feel like at this point, I don't even need a story breakup or anything. Because with, with Adam Cole hurt, when the leaders hurt, like, what, what do we need here? Just. I, have Adam Cole stay home, get healthy. I love Adam Cole. I can't wait for him to be back. But just have him go home, get healthy. Roderick, do, you know, again, if he wins the title, cool. I'm a big Roderick uh, Strong fan. Uh, if he doesn't, that's cool too. Kingdom, they're a tag team. Go back to being a tag team and just move on. Just pretend like it's it's done. And and I'm, I'm okay with that. I won't hold it against him. I won't be like, what happened to the Undisputed Kingdom? I'll just be like, Oh, this is great. I'm happy this is how it turned out. Just a little a little men in black, you know, boop. And yeah. you just all forget. You know, the devil, I, I don't know if much of a the theologian you are or, you know, whatever <laughs> mythology. But as far as I know, the devil can't break his leg. Like, and that really just hurt the whole thing is especially the first couple weeks because that poor guy, Adam Cole, just great great wrestler but yeah. you can tell he is dying out there like the devil is in pain and wants to be home and so yeah you know you're just like this ain't working pal and they're making him come out with crutches he is like trying to be a bad guy but he is grimacing like it was just not poor guy let, let him go home let him rest it was yeah it's it's i mean injuries happen so i'm not blaming him for that but it's just it was it's a it's a tough reveal. Like I'm the big scary guy when you're on, you know, crutches. You know, it's it's just it's a tough it's a tough yeah. thing to have. Now done. sit in that chair so I can hit you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it, it was a bad. It, 
I give it to them. They tried it. I feel like it didn't work. No hard feelings. Just move on. Just again, we'll, we'll move on from it. Um, I, though I, I did think it was kind of weird though. Why did the kingdom try to help Nick Wayne? I feel like you would want, you would want orange Cassidy to win so that Roderick strong would have the title match against the guy they've been weakening for months, as opposed to Nick Wayne, who would be essentially fresh at that point. That was a little weird for me, but it's also one of those, like it's wrestling. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. <laughs> uh, but speaking of groups, I'd be okay with if they just disappeared and pretended like it never happened. We got a quick, uh, a quick chat from the bang, bang scissor gang again. And they're saying that, Everything's going smoothly. Um, again, just another group of people who I, I, I know it doesn't work because they attacked uh, Jay White, but I still believe Jay White should have been the devil and Jay White should have been built up as one of the big bad guys in AEW. I think he's a phenomenal villain. And I think if you gave him a really strong stable to be around him, he could be an all-timer in AEW. And this, I'm just not feeling bang, bang, scissor yeah. gang. I, I think the devil should have been the elite. You know, uh, Hangman mm -hmm. and the Bucks. I think that would have been fun. But, that, um, that too. Yeah. Uh, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Um, see, your problem, Jack, is you're not letting <laughs> things develop. You're not letting it play out. Bloodline. Mega Powers. NWO. Some of the greatest angles that ever existed. This Bang Bang Scissor Game, I'm telling you, has legs. And I, for one, could see it changing the industry as a whole. I don't believe you for a it's second. It's terrible. It needs to go away uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do, are, do they have a match for Revolution? I can't remember. Do they have they actually booked that yet? No, but there's only like 17 matches, so I think Tony Khan's probably going to put like uh, 12 more on by yeah. Sunday, and yeah. only like 70 percent of the roster is on the card, and that ratio is a little low. So I imagine um, they'll be on the card. Yeah. So hopefully maybe they'll have but... like. It'll be booked probably as the six-man exhibition or something, and then they break up in the ring in the match or something when someone takes it too seriously. I hope so. I hope they just move on from it. Um, well, they can have the blow-up. I don't mind the like if they have a six-on-six -six rivalry or a three-on-three -three rivalry. That's cool, but just as a group, not, not feeling it. Um, Sky Blue with Julia Hart takes on Chris Statlander with Willow Nightingale. This is a rubber match, actually. Uh, I was reminded on Twitter uh between these two uh uh statlander throwing sky blue around into the audience that was fun it ends with stokely hathaway trying to give uh statlander a chain and then her refusing it so julia hart hitting statlander with the title to knock her out so sky blue gets the win stokely's upset at willow nightingale this is a pretty convoluted story, but there's a lot of pieces in it, Matt. And a lot of people have said the women's division needs more story. They need more booking. This is this is exactly that. Do you think it's fair that this is a uh, this is a fair shake for the women's division? They're trying. Um, they're trying very much. You know, just because um, you want more story doesn't mean that like good and bad don't exist anymore. Like it it is. You know, a bad story is worse than no story. It's okay. It seemed like the partnership was formed suddenly with Stokely. It seems like these characters are not really 3D. We're not really understanding why they do what they do. Uh, even Stokely, you know, who's been around mm -hmm. a while now, I'm not really sure on screen um, what 
what he's about, what drives him. And so, uh, but with uh, um, Statlander and Sky Blue and Julia Hart and Willow, these are the four women kind of responsible for bolstering that depth chart in AEW as credible wrestlers. They have been invaluable to this kind of uh, makeover of the women's division. This is another one of those examples where I definitely think the uh, the video packages would be very helpful to explain what's going on with Stokely and Willow and Chris Statlander, as well as the relationship between Julia Hart and Sky Blue. Um, doesn't have to be a long, super detailed thing, but I think this is where it'd be helpful because it is a pretty intricate situation with Stokely and Willow and Statlander. And if you don't know what's going on, then it's kind of confusing. Like, why are they coming out together? Why are they arguing behind Statlander? What's this all about? But um, so I think a video package would have helped here a lot. Uh, but Statlander, I just want to shout out. Great. I think she's another person who should have a lot more time on TV. Uh, big fan of hers. Uh, we get to Jericho versus Atlantis Jr. Uh, we got some video footage of Jericho's time in CMLL and a promo where Jericho basically says, your dad gave me a shot, so I'm going to give you a shot. We get the match. Uh, it goes quite a bit. They get some time. Uh, eventually, Jericho gets the win when Atlantis throws in the towel. Uh, this is one of these matches where um, I know I've been gushing a lot, and I'm going to continue. I, 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 I get why someone would say, I don't know who Atlantis is. This does, I don't care. There's no story, whatever. Maybe it's because this is Sting's last show, and I was kind of nostalgic, but something about Atlantis being someone that helped Jericho when he was young, and now Jericho giving his son a spotlight on a big show. Something about that hit me today. And I, I, if, if you say that I don't know who this guy is and there was no story, I think like, I get that. But if I'm being honest, it, it, it kind of got me today. I, I, I kind of it kind of touched me today. I was kind of into it. Uh, what about you? This has been a big topic on wrestling uh, in wrestling community. And as the self-appointed sheriff of the internet wrestling community, I want to address <laughs> this. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, um, cool dude, nice guy, wants to be a better fan. Said something very uh, benign about, hey, I'd like to know a little bit more about the wrestlers wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. Atlanta, and, and then everybody, you know, had two sides. One is, yeah, we don't know anything about anybody. And the other side's like, Google it. Okay, so Googling doesn't tell you why you should care. I can look up this very, um, this very sterile sentence of Jericho used to tag team with Atlantis Jr.'s father. That is not the same as Jericho coming out two weeks before and saying, you're my mentor, you're my this, you're my that, and here's why this is important. Uh, if you can't wrestle, maybe your son, and the next week he answers it, and they build it, they tell us why we should care. Um, let me tell you one thing, if Jericho thought it took a long time to count the votes in the election, he should have tried sitting through this match, because this was a long, 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 long match. And yeah, it was. Not necessarily entertaining, not necessarily, um, you know, um, compelling, you know, or a reason, but they could have done it. They could have made us care and it would have been so easy. Not Google it because just like, you know, uh, if you want to learn guitar on the Internet, you absolutely can. But go ahead and find somewhere that tells you what's important, you know, and mm -hmm. that's what we don't know. What's important. That's what it's AW's job to tell us what what they want us to think is important. Well, I do agree. I think that's really like, because again, I always gush over AEW. I think one of their biggest things is they could do a better job of video packages or setting up matches like this. And that's why when I say, so if, 
that's why I started with, look, if people say this stuff, I get it. Cause I, any other day I'd probably feel the same way this time. Like I said, maybe I was too feel nostalgic and historical because of Sting's last uh, show. It, it worked for me. Uh, the match did feel long, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess just like I said, for some reason, it, I, I do want to say, by the way, to, to O'Shea, um, his comment about the responding with Googling. Don't respond like that to people. Like, be cool. Like, if they're asking about something, like, tell them, like, this is why you should care. Like, if someone... I always say Lance Storm was my favorite wrestler, but when someone's like, why why should Lance Storm be your favorite wrestler? I'm not going to be like, Google what he did. You know, I'd be like, this is why I liked him. He was he was very technical in the ring. I, for some reason, it just clicked with me at the time and people fought me about it. And so I dug my heels in and he just became more my favorite wrestler. I also got to watch him grow from ECW to WCW to WWE. This was a fun journey. And so I don't just yell at people. It's like, if someone says, so who is this person? Like, dude, this guy's great. You should check out his stuff. It's awesome. And this was like, um, people talk a lot about the AEW audience being toxic or whatever. And of course, Twitter is a very small portion of any, any audience, but the, uh, AEW audience online has dealt with so much negativity. That's that they have lost the inability often to tell the difference between like a real nice question by a real nice guy or a criticism that's just piling on. You know, mm -hmm. O'Shea wants to know more about the wrestlers. He can Google, he has Wikipedia, but he wants to be invested the way he is in the bloodline. He wants to know why it's important. And that is as valid as any criticism. Yeah, I um, I remember before I knew much about uh, Will Ospreay, uh, I was one of those people who said, who is, who is Will Ospreay? I don't know who he is. And this was a, a while ago now, but fortunately, someone said, dude, you should check out these matches. And like, there's a bunch of cool ones, like him versus Ricochet and him versus Lance Archer and stuff. I was like, cool, I'll check these out. And then I, I left going, oh, wow, this is a really, this dude's really cool. I like Will Ospreay. And it was like, it's just so much better than being a jerk about it. Like, I'll, t I'll tell you right now, if, I watch a lot of wrestling. You watch a lot of wrestling. We talk about it here. I mean, we get paid to talk about it. That's how much we like wrestling. We don't, like, we don't know everybody. You know, there's too much. Like, no one knows. I, if, if, I don't know nothing about Atlantis, except that's where Aquaman lived. Yes, that's which you probably saw the end of Aquaman before one of the wrestling shows. Uh, but like, yeah, you're, if you if you do know everybody, then. I love wrestling, but you need to take a break from wrestling if you know everybody. Like, <laughs> And if you're angry about it, if you're like, uh, why don't you know Jack Farmer, you piece of crap? How could you yeah. not know the history of CMLL wrestling and you call right. yourself a fan, Jack Farmer? How dare you? Yeah, it's, it's silly. It's, if, if you feel that way, I mean this in the best possible way. Take a break from wrestling for a little bit. Just unplug for a little bit and do something else you don't have to go i don't even care if you go outside just unplug for a second re-establish re, re things um yeah, majestic marie says uh, i asked who vikingo was and got murdered now that dude is hidden on ring of honor so even AEW isn't treating him like the next john cena like fans were making him out to be um, the AEW fan base is so defensive you know like who's why should i care about el hio die vikingo bro he is awesome and here's mm -hmm. why, you know, boom, you know, it's so easy. Instead of like, Google it, you jerk. It's like, what do I Google? Do I Google why he's, why people like him? Like, do I Google yeah. why I should pay money to see him? No, 
I can Google his matches. I can go to Cage Match, but what? Yeah, I go to Wikipedia, but that ain't gonna draw me to a Wikipedia entry. Isn't gonna draw me to see somebody wrestle. Yep, I always say it's like a it's like a comic book character. Like if you just like, hey, who is this person? Don't be like, ah, look him up. Be like, this is why Spider Man's awesome. This is why Miles Morales version of Spider Man is really awesome. This is why whoever these characters are is this is why guardians of the galaxy is cool if everyone like when guardians of the galaxy first came out or even iron man he wasn't popular when that movie came out that's why marvel still had the rights to him uh you know if everyone's like who is this guy instead of going oh i'm gonna figure it out like i don't know just be cool. i will watch any documentary on MV MCU, jack farmer uh, yeah. Six o'clock this morning, five thirty this morning. I couldn't sleep, so I ordered some McDonald's. I watched the Avengers, bro. Like I'm, I've seen it a million times, but it's been like a few months. So I'm like, maybe I have fresh eyes this time. MCU rules, I, love it, I, love it. I love the MCU, and Great. I feel like it's a really good Fantastic. analogy for wrestling too. And if 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 it was wrestling, it's a the perfectly booked wrestling show. It, it like, let's not go too long, but I'm just saying to put those 18 movies together in that way shows it's possible shows it's possible to do this you know star wars didn't really do that you know they're kind of going as they may go along but this mcu thing somehow by the time endgame came around i'm sitting in a theater the thing goes black it's packed all of us don't know what the hell's gonna happen and we're all in all of us we're like come on endgame give it to us that's possible creatively and i'd love to see that in wrestling i've thought about that too the last half of Endgame is my favorite cinematic experience in my life, and I don't think it'll ever get topped. You know, I'm a dark guy. See, that's the difference between us. I love Infinity yeah. War. I love Endgame. Yeah. But nothing to me is more beautiful than when those people start going away and Thanos hits that snap and and you see the, the results of it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think as a movie movie, like, I always say the real end was Infinity War and, like, the, the bonus feature extended downloadable content is end, Endgame. That's yeah, Infinity War is Empire and, like, Endgame yeah. is Richard of the Jedi. Yeah. It's um, it's great stuff. But we, I want to end on a, on another great stuff here. Sorry about that, MCU. No, we, I, I, could, I, I literally have two giant Thanos bobbleheads, like, within eyesight. So Who's yeah. Thanos? Mm. <laughs> he is the good guy and we'll talk about that another time we have uh so we get to the young bucks are looking for sting all show and they can't find him they they go to his locker room where bats are hanging from the ceiling they eventually go to ringside darby reveals himself under a sting mask they attack him rick flair comes out he suckers them and attacks them and then like a beautiful angel Descending from the heavens, Sting lowers himself into the ring and cleans house like he used to do. Matt, I said it earlier, I am a late period WCW fan, and this felt like a little love letter to Jack Farmer. The, the bats hanging from the room like the last episode of Nitro coming down from the ceiling, which he hadn't done in so, so long and being like the the clearing out the nwo even darby with the mask on taking the mask off like he did the one just so many little things here it was really something that for me was a special ending to the show and i don't think they could have topped it in my opinion you know what you can do anything for two hours and you have sting come down to that freaking grappling hook and i'm in i'm in mm -hmm. you know um if i'm being honest you know as I go to Revolution, and you know, like I said, when Matthew could go, he's 21, 22, 21. 
And um, he, uh, you know, he's busy now. So when he go, we're going. I'm excited. It's Sting's last match. I'm not driving three, four hours to watch wrestling unless it's like Mania. Or yeah. Like Sting's last match. Am I more excited because the Bucks are the team? Not really. Like, like compelling wise, like just straight honestly. It, did it make it more compelling to see the match um, after tonight? Not necessarily. I think they have failed to rise above the very high mark of the excitement of Sting's last match. Um, but again, a great end to it. You know, anytime we got Shivani going, we're out of time and Sting's on a grappling hook, I'm in 100%. And uh, I loved uh, Shivani, by the way, um, with uh, Osprey, too. I didn't mention that earlier, but I thought he was really great. Shivani's really underrated, I think, it, overall. I think because, I mean, JR deservedly gets a lot of credit um, and they're so intertwined. I think a lot of people think of uh, JR first, but uh, Shivani, I think, is really underrated for how good he is. Um, you know, I saved his yeah. life once. Did you really? How? Well, um, we were all in uh, Conrad's basement and um, Tony, Sh- Tony Shivani was choked on water. Like he almost died literally. Cause you know, when you yeah. start choking and you panic and yeah, you can't breathe, dude, I saw the panic in his eyes and I go, uh, everyone else, we have like one guy who's there is a cop, you know, Conrad's there and they're in the middle of recording freaking, uh, uh, uh an episode of the podcast. And, uh, Conrad says something that just makes Tony laugh so much. He chokes on water. Okay. And so I just look at Tony, I go, Tony, you can breathe. You don't think you can breathe, but you can breathe. You're fine. Now, of course, with those two busters, that turned into Matt Coon sat there and did nothing and let Tony try to die. But no, <laughs> I saved his life by calming him down. And by the way, if you ever asphyxiate like that out there, your nose, breathe through your nose. You want to breathe through your mouth and it, it shuts down, your nose is always open. So just remember that. But yeah, I saved his life one day. I love Tony. It's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. Um, you know, I, I'm going to disagree with you on the, on raising. Now, I don't, I don't think it's really possible to raise much above Sting's last match. That's already a very high watermark. Uh, again, I, he's one of my all time absolute favorites. I think not just a favorite, but I think he's also one of the all time greats. So I'm gutted. I'm not going to be able to be there. Uh, I was there for his last match when I thought it was going to be his last match in TNA. Uh, I posted a picture. On Don't worry. Media. He'll have another one and you'll go to that one. I'm I'm sure he will. Uh, and I'll be okay with it. Cause I like seeing him come back, but I genuinely do not want the bucks to win. And I feel like all the booking in the world says they should win. They should, you know, the, the legend goes out on their back. They're going to be the champions, all this other stuff. But I feel like there's a chance that Sting can win. And I want Sting to win. And I, I'm I'm really eager to see this match. They've they've got me. Maybe it's my nostalgia. Again, I'm I'm biased to Sting, so that might be it. But I'm very, very eager for this one. I kind of could go either way. Um, I see the the value in having the buck the bucks win, right? I see the value in that to the characters, <clears throat> which sometimes are a little flat. Other times, people seem to like. Um, at the same time, you know, Greensboro Sting. But let's talk reality here. This is Tony Khan. There's no way Sting is losing that match. Sting is going to stand in the middle of that AEW ring with Cody Khan's AEW belt at the end of it. And Tony Khan's going to cry because he loves wrestling so much. And that's what's going to happen because 
Tony Khan loves wrestling and loves wrestling fans and does not want to beat Sting in his final match in his hometown. Do you think they closed the show? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it'd be hard for Joe and Hangman and Swerve to, like, uh, wrestle with all those balloons and confetti, you know? <laughs> They're, like, tripping over, like, uh, tripping over Ricky Steamboat and, you know, like, you know right. you, gotta, you gotta have that last, yeah. And I hear uh, there's gonna be a lot of cool people um, at the show, too, like, people from Sting's career, so that's kind of cool, too. I hope there is. I think that'd be super cool to I see. I hope Lex I- makes the trip. I hope Lex Luger makes a trip. Yeah, that that'd be very cool to see. Um, it, it, there's so many cool people that could be there, and it'd be it'd be cool to see them. And uh, I hope so because again, Sting is is one of my all time favorites. So, um, what's your favorite it, Sting memory? I know you got to go, but like you know, what's your favorite Sting memory? You know, it's a weird one. I love one of the things that like the stories that sunk like I, I was always a fan of wrestling uh for as long as i can remember but the the story that sunk its teeth into me that made me go oh i am more than just a guy who watches this i'm like into pro wrestling was the entire is staying with the nwo story and so funny enough him going into the cage and proving he wasn't the fake staying and then leaving him high and dry is that is the moment that i was like oh i'm I am absolutely on board with, with, with pro wrestling. That's, that was the, I mean, I was definitely ramping up with the whole NWO thing and, and, and Scott Hall and stuff, but that was the moment I was like, Oh, I am sold. That was the game changer. That was the game changer for WCW was Sting going up in those rafters and man, to their credit, much like, you know, when the Sopranos used to take a break, they'd take it for a year and a half and everybody'd be mad, but like, okay, we'll be here. We'll watch it. They kept extending it and extending it and extending it. Uh, the Sting thing, and we didn't care. It just got us more and more excited about it. And it, never, it wasn't necessarily clear all the time what the hell was going on, but mm-hmm. that was the angle. Sting mm-hmm. and the NWO. The NWO isn't the NWO that they became without Sting in the rafters, 100%. And it's and it's so ironic that I was an NWO guy. Like, I'm like, I love this. I love this group, but it was that whole thing that made me go, okay, I, I'm... I I'm going to start, I'm going to be that guy that is just, I'm watching everything and I love it. And I'm talking about it. I'm going to talk about it to all my friends and I'm going to be the wrestling fan guy. That's, that was the moment for me. It Um, was, um, there was a mystery to it. There was an excitement to it. Sting also was the crow, but he could, he was very explosive uh, physically. So it was Mm -hmm. was this very cool, perfect storm. And, and, and by the way, just the perfect, Use of Sting's strengths and the hidden, the hiding of any weaknesses he had. Perfect role, perfect guy, perfect time. Change the business. I uh, yeah, let's let's actually make that the uh, the question for the day in the in the comments. Uh, let's let me know your favorite Sting moment. I feel like that could be a fun thing to have in there. Uh, but we've we've ran out of time, Matt. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Let me know. Uh, Overall thoughts on the show, any thoughts going into Revolution, and uh, where can the world find you online and all the stuff you're working on? Uh, I am working on absolutely nothing except right now my day job where I teach music to kids, and they're awesome. And, uh, you know, when I'm free, I'll do more stuff. But I'm at Matt Coon Music. Uh, You can follow me for uh, bad takes and fake authority and uh, maybe occasional curse words. 
you are a good follow for wrestling takes. What I like about you is you have strong opinions, but you, you back them up pretty well. You're not just a, like the flame and hot take machine that right. sometimes people can You know be. what helps is like being accountable to people in the business and not want to look like a total D-bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know who follows me and they can see what I write. So I can't say anything too stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, again, going back to what we started this entire show with, also being a little respectful sometimes. About- Absolutely, man. You, if you, the, You're close enough to wrestling rings to see yeah. what these guys do to their bodies. Yes. All the respect in the world because I ain't doing it. I'm going to order McDonald's again right now. (laughs) It's uh, yeah. So, but, but you, even though I I don't agree with everything pancake, man, but uh, I do, you are a good follower. So everyone should, should follow you on Twitter. Um, You can check me out at real Jack farmer across all social media. Just did commentary for prestige wrestling, had a really awesome show there. That's available on independent wrestling.tv. I'm going to be doing commentary for Santino bros. Last man standing on March 16th. You can check that out on Fight TV, or you can get a ticket if you're in Southern California. Come say hello. Um, he, uh, uh, we got a quick question for you though, real quick, because Leonard Jones mentioned this earlier. Uh, he said he had a question. Um, oh my goodness, Corey Pride, I forgot to ask your question. I am the worst. Corey Pride said, uh, I was expecting more from the Sting segment. Rick uh, fighting wars, sad and ridiculous. The Rafters thing was cool, but it reminded me of Owen. I was sad. Um, Corey, I'm all... so sorry for waiting till the end, but sorry, any Corey. Those are all understandable, you know, if you think about it, Jack. Yeah. All but, in... I mean, to go into it a little bit, I saw people talking on Twitter about, hey, Sting should come down to the Raptors. And everybody's like, no, nah, because Owen. And it's evocative. Like, you can't not think about Owen. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you also have to understand, though, is there is no safer operation in the universe than a wrestling being lowered to a ring at this point in time. You know, like, Sting is safe. Everybody knows what happened. And the moment may have, have uh, you know, deserved it, you know. Um, Ric Flair, you know, um, it was fun. You know, it wasn't bad or good. And, uh, you know, uh, I could have gotten more out of the Sting segment to make me want to watch the match. What about you, Jack? I So I, I like what you said about the lowering down the ring. If it makes... You feel how you feel, and I'm not going to argue anyone feeling a certain way, and it it, it makes sense. Uh, but I also feel like this was a situation where it wasn't being done just willy nilly. It wasn't being done like, "Hey, let's just try this thing that First failed time. before." First time, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was very like this was sting. This was a like a very much a sting thing, and again, it's not like they said, "Hey, let's have." you know, Wardlow come from the rafters from now on where you're like, well, that's random. Like this was, there was a reason for it. It made sense and it fit. And it was, it was a, I think it was a way it it should have been that way. As far as Ric Flair goes, I'm okay with it. I feel like if you took it out, it wouldn't have changed a whole lot, but I think it's fine because he's part of the history of staying and, and him being there, kind of stand up for him. The whole, is he with the Bucks? Is he not with the Bucks? Felt like a little bit of extra stuff we didn't need, but. Yeah. Um, but uh, Leonard Jones has a question for you as well. Uh, said, I do have a question for Matt at the end of the show, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was, oh no, I let it slide away. Oh, uh, Leonard Jones says, my quick question for Matt. 
He said box office poison the other week. Was that a norm reference? Yeah, I think I'd refer to something as box office poison, and that is definitely inspired by the great Norm MacDonald. I always have things outside my reach, but right within my reach, I can see it. I have a microphone signed by Norm MacDonald. So um, the great comedian who said to, um, uh, oh, God, what was her name? But she starred in the movie with um, Carrot Top, and uh, and they're sitting on the couch on the Conan show, and she goes, yeah, I'm going to be with Carrot Top. And, you know, he goes, uh, oh, I know the name of the movie, Box Office Poison. And he says it right to her face. It is the best thing ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Norm MacDonald, fun inside Jack Farmer uh, information. My all-time favorite comedian. One of my favorite comedy people of all time. His book is great. His book is great. My favorite thing about him is every joke he tells sounds like he's doing it for himself. Like it sounds like every t- everything he does sounds like he's just trying to make himself laugh, and that's my but, favorite part about him. But he's quite brilliant, you know. He's quite yes. brilliant at, at at everything. Like that moth joke he tells, which you know you've heard a million times. Yeah. You know, just it's it's otherworldly. It's it's Michael Jordan esque. It's it's uh it's it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he's great. Yeah, he's definitely the dumbest. Like, not the dumbest. He has the like, some of the dumbest jokes that are so brilliantly funny. But then also like the greatest. Like, he'll go on the longest tangent to get to a punchline, but you're laughing the entire way you get to the punchline. It's, it's brilliant. I just saw one, uh, one of his ones recently. That's just quick. Like, it's something like, uh, Matt, I want you to forget everything you know about bread. Forget it. Just okay. Is it clear? Did you forget it? Yes. Hey, have you heard of bread? you know i remember he did one roast where he did very 40s 1940s 1950s lame jokes just on purpose you know and like at first no one knew what the hell he was doing and by the end he was destroying just did you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 he's destroying with these just terrible jokes because he's just selling it so great He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you haven't, if you guys don't know Norm McDonald, just Google him. He, we just talked about. It, don't say that, but go to YouTube, type in Norm McDonald, and I'm sure anything he's on is going to be hilarious. How it's could you great. idiots not know who Norm McDonald is? You <laughs> jerks! You're not comedy fans. <laughs> well, that does it for us, Mark Smith. By the way, no, I am not related to the legendary jumping Jeff Farmer. It's just a. Uh, just a fun last name. Uh, but that does it for us. Make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. for all your latest uh, wrestling news. Uh, and make sure to check us out after SmackDown. That is where we will be covering all the stuff that happened there on Friday. Until then, I don't know. I'll see you later. I'm hitting the end stream button now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.